Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back in here to the 3304 Sports Podcast. Colby Horn Gershon joined back again here by Abby Nielsen as we are running another round. We are in week 10 of the Pick'em series. And as I noted last week, a little bit of a math error prior. However, everything is sorted out. I have not technically done the math for this. However, I did count up the picks that we were at. And I know that I've gained one. So I am now down two. So, you know, take it as we go. Take it in stride. Progress, progress, progress. Um, so with that being said, uh, Abby, definitely, I think the worst week that we've had in a while, because I said I only made one pick. I, I got a one picket lead, but we only got 11 combined, right? Not, not a great week showing for us last week. It was the rough week, especially in college football. I only got one right. Oh, yeah. And that was NC State. That was a really rough week in college football. Yeah, that was a horrible one. And a uh, big, uh, not so happy shout out to OSU. Uh, the fact that they didn't cover a spread against freaking Northwestern. Hate them. Hate them. Stupid. Still my favorite team in college football this season, but hate them. So with that in mind, uh, pretty decent slate. Nothing too, too crazy for college football in the NFL today. Uh, as I've been scanning the dock, I think we only have one difference. So maybe I can gain gain it. Maybe, uh, you know, keep gaining. Maybe I'll just go back to three down. Not too bad. But I think we get into the picks here talking about a matchup that, honestly, it's pretty intriguing. Wouldn't have been last year, but certainly is now. ECU has certainly been on fire this season. And they're taking a trip up north to play Cincinnati. So I picked ECU to win this game. And I think a big part of the reason for that is the trend of these teams currently. You know, we can look at records, but, you know, I like to look at recent records, if that makes sense, a little bit more than overall records, seeing as we are quite a few weeks into the season at this point. And we look at Cincy and I'm not super impressed by a lot of their last couple of games, uh, looking especially notably at the month of October onwards. You know, you have a barely a win against USF and SMU, a loss to UCF, and then a 10-point win against Navy. East Carolina beat UCF by two scores. And these matchups were recent. Um, They were within the past month. So I do feel like they are relevant to bring up that similar opponent between these two teams, especially when you have one losing and one winning by over two scores. Now, this game is a home game for Cincy, but I really like the way that this ECU team is trending right now. I think their offense looks better than they did earlier in the season. So I'm looking to see an exciting game here, but a win for ECU. To me, ECU has looked impressive all season. I mean, look at their resume, right? They had a one-point loss to North Carolina State week one, almost uh, upsetting the Wolfpack. They had a three-point loss in double overtime to Navy. Uh, I believe Navy's been half-decent this year uh, of the, like those military programs, uh, but I haven't looked at it in a bit. And then they lost to Tulane, and Tulane is a team that we may or may not be talking about in a little bit. Uh, definitely one of the better teams in college football this season uh, with, you know, surprising wins against BYU in Utah, uh, a comfortable win against ODU after they beat Virginia Tech in Norfolk, um, a absolutely dominant win at Raymond James Stadium against South Florida. ECU has been a consistently good team throughout the year, and Cincinnati really hasn't. I mean, they struggled against USF. They struggled against SMU. Literally, if you look at their most recent games, the past 
four in a row have almost been all uh, single score games outside of Navy. And again, Navy is just kind of a toss and turn for me. So I've got to go ahead here and stick with uh, East Carolina, just with the strength that they've been able to play with this season. I think they're, they're going to top Cincinnati. A little surprised that they'll do it in Cincinnati, but why not, right? Following that, uh, Kansas State coming off of a uh, disappointing loss in Manhattan, uh, one score loss to uh, the Texas Longhorns, are going to go ahead and be taking the trip down to Waco to play Baylor as the Big 12 standings are really heating up. Three teams tied at a 4-2 and two record with TCU absolutely running away with it. We'll talk more about them later, but they look possibly, possibly called to a playoff bound. Yeah, I have Kansas State winning this one. And, you know, we've talked about the Big 12 on here a lot, and they've been a very intriguing conference this year, mm. especially if you like as compared to last year's. You know, you have Kansas and Oklahoma and Baylor, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, all these other teams, TCU, right? So many just teams where maybe their season didn't go as expected, whether that's positive or negative, of course. Mm. Kansas State. I would put them in the positive category better than we've expected. Baylor, I'd put them in the negative category, worse than we've expected. Now, last week, Kansas State did lose to Texas, but Texas was ranked. And they killed Oklahoma State the week before. What, like 40, it was 48 to zero, was it? Was yeah, that can, yeah, Kansas stumped them. Something Kansas. like that. Honestly, I feel like once you get past like, maybe 40 to zero, it doesn't really matter at that point. <laughs> like whether you use 41, 42, 48, you get what I mean. Yeah. I just think Kansas State overall has looked better, honestly. Like it, that's really what it comes down to for me here. You know, they're on a better trajectory, I think, than Baylor. You know, Baylor did barely beat Oklahoma, which did surprise me. You know, I... Mm. I was surprised by that one. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know, they're ranked at the beginning of the season, have a couple tough losses, fall out of the rankings, 49 to nothing, lost to Texas. Kansas State only lost to Texas by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big difference between losing by 49 and losing by seven. Um, overall, I just think Kansas State right now is a more talented roster, and I think they're better coached. And I think that's what's going to bring them the win here. I love the positivity. I will note this. During the climate era, I do not believe he has a single win over Baylor. Interesting. With, with maybe that maybe being, this week. Who knows? Maybe this yeah, week. Yeah, I was about to say. With that being well, said, I am going with Kansas State. And I'm going with Kansas State specifically. We talk about, you know, looking at teams and how they played and whatnot. And I think that that's a very prime thing to do here with Baylor. Baylor, if you look at their team, they've lost to West Virginia granted in Morgantown they have won their past three games but I would not say against the better portion of the Big 12 competition OU has had the struggles Kansas they beat them without Jalen Daniels Texas Tech is very inconsistent sometimes really good sometimes really bad and that was their first loss in Lubbock this season and then outside of that they lost Oklahoma State and BYU losing to BYU in Utah is a decent look however with that horrible stretch that BYU had maybe not the best look now um Baylor's led by a really, really young uh, offense uh, with Shapin uh, being a British sophomore. Yep, Shapin the sophomore, Reese being a freshman. This is a very well-experienced Kansas State team, really well-oiled machine. Uh, these are a lot of guys that have been here with Kleiman, a lot of Kleiman recruits. 
and I do think that with that Baylor turnover, I was expecting a little bit of struggle this season, and that I think will come to fruition here. I think Kleiman will get his first win against Baylor. Uh, Kansas State, literally, if you look at their losses, three losses, you might be like, oh, well, that's not a great look for a side. The only loss to ranked teams, Texas, 24. TCU was eight, and now they're number four in the nation looking to get CFB. And Tulane were not ranked at the time, but are now one of the ranked teams. So they have lost some really impressive competition this season. They've had a very solid season. And the last thing that I can even note on this is that Baylor has 10 wins in the all-time series. Kansas State has nine. Let's even it up to 50-50 again, making a big old 2023 rematch to see who takes the lead in the all-time series. Give me the cats as we go into the next matchup as Bama takes on Ole Miss. Uh, I know Lane Kiffin posted some joke online uh, with like Nick, uh, Nick Saban book. Uh, has he studied up to be able to beat his uh, old mentor? I think pretty much everybody who's interested in the college football world is going to be looking at this game this week. Let's be honest. I mean, I think this is the biggest game this week. And I don't, I mean, I think that not just because of the fact it's two ranked teams, because there are other ranked matchups this week, and we'll get to that. But I just think because of what it means for this Alabama program is why this is such a big game. And I I did pick Alabama, but I cannot tell you how bad I wanted to pick Ole Miss. And I think part of it is that voice in our head that's telling us that, you know, Bama's number one, Bama's number one, right? Because that's how it's been for so long. And it just doesn't feel right to pick against. It doesn't feel right to pick against Alabama here. Like Alabama can't lose two games in a row, can they? I mean, we look at how good this Alabama team has been. I mean, they're, they're a powerhouse. They're a dynasty, you know? Can Alabama really lose two games in a row? It, it just doesn't feel right to pick against them here. That's, I mean, that's, I, I don't even know if that's good reasoning or not, to be honest. Sure. You know, I, I, it, my, literally my best reasoning here is it just does not feel right to pick Ole Miss, even though I, I think probably they could win and will win maybe. It just doesn't feel right to pick against Alabama in this situation. I do want to say, I want to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back here. As though I've struggled a little bit with picks this season, ultimately it's still pretty decent. I have picked both games where Bama's had their demise. So I feel pretty good about that. Uh, had it on the LSU game last week. Had I it did pick LSU. That was impressive. I was really, really happy with that LSU pick. Uh, was certainly feeling it. I remember because we were talking about it, I was thinking that this stretch was going to be you know, a possible LSU trap game or Ole Miss. And yeah, we had talked about that previously. That's right. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's been a bit, but as it's been, I, I think we talked about it a month ago, but as like that's kind of progressed, the kind of how I felt on each side has changed. LSU seems a lot more um, well-rounded and has a very solid defense. that it has its you know own very strong defense. Um, whereas Ole Miss has kind of fallen off. And I think, uh, just kind of the, the, like the, the growth needed for Jackson Dart as a quarterback has shown recently. And I don't think that Ole Miss has the offense capable of being able to torch Alabama. Unfortunately, I am going to go with the rolling tide, uh, to get a bounce back win. I, I just don't feel confident 
and Ole Miss. Uh, and I still think Alabama's a decent enough team. I just didn't think they'd be a team to make the CFP after, you know, kind of watching them for a bit. And here we are. So I, I think Bama will be able to pull this one off. Uh, and it's just going to be an, on the onus of Louisiana to be able to hopefully uh, qualify out of its uh, side of the SEC. Really, really hope for it. But I don't know. I'd have to look at the standings again. Back to the Big 12, though. As you've been saying, there's been a lot of Big 12 talk. May or may not be because I pay attention to a lot of Big 12. But it's also because the Big 12 has been a lot of fun this year. We have a bit of a Texas showdown uh, as we, we are going to have a standoff between TCU and Texas, looking to see if Texas can possibly get that marquee win this season as they were able to unfortunately missed it uh, against Alabama. Are they going to be able to get it this time against the Horned Frogs? Horned Frogs, I love them right now. I think they're running away with this game. I say they're going to win big time. I like TCU in this game. And I'm sure, I'm guessing, do you have the all-time record between these two teams ready? I will pull it up for you. All right. I'm. Something tells me Texas is going to be winning that. Um, maybe. maybe. But, I mean, who knows, though? But I, I am a little, I mean, Texas is a good team, and they're ranked number 18, but they are six and three. Like, they do have three losses. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some people are feeding that um, their losses being to Alabama, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. So, hey, I mean, look, so far in the state of Texas, they're own one against other Texas. Oh, no, my bad. That's wrong. They played uh, University of Texas San Antonio, and they won that game. Regardless, <laughs> Yeah. And they lost to Texas Tech. But um, TCU is like, I mean, other than, you know, we all know Georgia and Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera, mm. right? TCU is one of the hottest teams in football right now, and I don't expect that to cool down at all. I think they're going to go into Austin, Texas, and, you know, they're going to take down the Longhorns. They've got just such a good team right now. Duggan has looked incredible for TCU. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubting that. He has looked fantastic. Like, he's been making some great long passes. Like, I just feel like every time I turn on a TCU football game, there is some crazy cool play being made. I watched a little bit of the game. Um, not, I believe it was a couple days ago, what, Saturday? Um, mm-hmm. And like, just every time I watch this TCU team, they're so good. I just don't see them losing again this season until it's the college football playoffs. Duggan has been an absolute revelation. The senior has been incredible this year. Uh, one of the only good things to come out of Iowa, it seems like, in football this season. Um, but then on top of that, this offense is just so well-rounded, man. Condre uh, uh, Miller has been incredible this season for them, has uh, breached that 1,000-yard mark, 12 touchdowns, absolute machine. But then on top of that, and this may or may not be a bold take, but Quentin Johnston, the best receiver in college football, you cannot mark him genuinely. Like, it, I, I, don't, I don't know how you do it. The dude's 6'4", really fast, amazing hands. It's, it's almost impossible. Now, a little bit of a concern, because I do see when you pull up Quentin Johnston that he didn't ex- practice Tuesday, but is expected to get work on Wednesday, yada, yada. That was from the athletic report. So maybe a little bit of concern for the game, but ultimately I think they'll, he'll probably find his way out there. He's a competitor. And I just don't think that Texas has played a team quite like this yet. Oklahoma State, I had my reserves on them, and they lost to them. Uh, Texas Tech, I've 
you know, I've kind of presumed that they were not one of the better teams in the Big 12. It's generally turned out that way. I don't think Texas is built to beat a team like this. Here's the all-time series, as you had asked earlier. TCU has 27 wins. Texas has 64 with one tie between them. However, in the past five years, TCU is leading the series three to two. So a little bit of an upward trend for the Horned Frogs. Uh, with its last game in Austin actually being a win back in 2020 by two points. Uh, probably not that close this time. However, it's still going to be a pretty fun game between these two. I'm excited to see Ewers and Duggan sling the ball against each other. Probably one of my top games of the week, but I have an interesting shot for my actual game of the week, which we'll get into shortly. Uh, next one up, though, a big Pac-12 matchup. Uh, one of the teams that helped me out last week uh, in the picks, Washington is going to be taking that trip to play the Oregon Ducks, a team that's looking to possibly uh, buy a spot for the Pac-12 in the, the college football playoffs. Yeah, and this is a good rivalry game. You know, I, I don't think it's viewed as a rivalry game by maybe people who don't know the Pac-12 as well, which is like, let's be honest, that's most of the country as the Pac-12 is not often a very focused on conference. Yeah. Um, but Washington and Oregon fans hate each other. I mean, hey, that's one thing Oregon and Washington State can agree on is they both hate <laughs> University of Washington, right? You know, these teams do not like each other. And I do want to point out, let's look at Oregon's loss, right? They're eight and one. They lost to Georgia in the first game of the season. And Georgia's the best team in college football right now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you lose to the best team. I mean, if they're the best team by that logic, anybody would lose to them, you know, and you look at University of Washington, they lost to Arizona State, UCLA a couple weeks ago, not looking good, but their recent wins, they barely beat Arizona, okay, they didn't barely beat Arizona, it was by 10, that's a lot, um, but they beat Cal by only a touchdown, and Cal is not a good football team. Mm -hmm. They beat Oregon State by a field goal versus Colorado, I mean, they beat Cal by 20 just a week after the University of Washington played them. And both of these games um, were at Cal. So same stadium. I just don't see Washington winning this game. I, I mean, I get why they're ranked given their record, but I don't think they'll stay ranked because I do think they'll probably lose to both Washington State and Oregon. I know Washington State has had some rough losses, but I still think they're probably a better team than UW. Um, yeah, I just think Oregon's looked really great recently. UW has looked better than they did earlier in the season. There's no doubting that. They do look like a better football team right now, but I don't think they look better than Oregon. Here's what I'll say, right? I think Washington has certainly earned a ring spot. This is one of the teams in the Pac-12 I've been a little bit higher on uh, throughout the season. Uh, felt them in that Michigan State game being able to get that win. Uh, that was an impressive win. Felt like so then, long ago. Well, I mean, in hindsight, not really. Let's, let's be honest, it wasn't that impressive of a win. Michigan State has struggled this year. Um, at the time, it was seen as very impressive. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's the better way to put it. At the time, we were we were all, well, you Absolutely. were surprised. You picked Washington. Yeah, no, 100% agree. At the time, it was really, really impressive. But they've had some unfortunate losses. Definitely the Arizona State loss, a little bit of a uh, head scratcher, as Arizona State is definitely not one of the better teams in the Pac-12 right now. They are trying to reestablish that program. Here's what I'll say. Uh, as I've mentioned, Oregon is probably the only team left in the Pac-12 truly vying for a college football playoff spot. 
But more importantly, and I've been seeing this online, and I do agree, I think Bo Nix does deserve his name in that uh, Heisman uh, candidate list. He has been impressive this season for the Ducks. Um, I agree with you there for sure. He's had a great really solid. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, he has 73% completion. Uh, He already has just shy of his most yards on a single season. Uh, with his most in a single season actually being, funnily enough, his freshman year with Auburn. Um, but he has his by far most touchdowns with 22 and five interceptions. A lot of growth has been shown here in Oregon, a program that just lost Cristobal. And I think that that's very impressive in and of itself. So it's it's, it's the strongest team in the Pac-12. Uh, I think we talked about it recently, but actually, no, it was it was a different team that had a cupcake run. I'm trying to remember who it was, but I digress. Uh I think the fact that Oregon now has its last two home games against uh, two ranked teams in the Pac-12, they really need to show up here to start to have the committee actually kind of start scratching its head and be like, maybe we should put them in. Uh, So give me the Ducks. Love Knicks. Love the offense. And this is a team that generally has a solid defense, too. Moving on, though, a team that's just kind of unfortunately fallen off. Uh, They had the one loss, and it's like the house kind of crumbled. And it's really been sad to see, but Syracuse is going to be at home uh, as they're going to be hosting incoming uh, the Seminoles as the uh, team from Tallahassee. A couple wins in a row, a couple dominant wins in a row uh, after it had a few game losing streaks, similarly to that of Syracuse. Will Syracuse break its losing streak against the Knolls, or are the Knolls going to continue to roll? Syracuse, what happened? Yeah. Like- what happened? Anyway, okay. So you you just mentioned uh, Florida State's losing streak. I want to talk about that. Those were all the ranked teams at the time. All yep. three were ranked. Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, all ranked. Um, since then, they've had, as you mentioned again, two very dominant wins, Georgia Tech and Miami. Wow, big wins there. Let's look at Syracuse. They've had three losses in a row. I mean, Come on. I'm sorry, Syracuse. You're losing a fourth one. Florida State, they've won so many of their games. And they did. I mean, yeah, they have three losses, all to ranked teams. And they looked incredible in their last two games. I mean, that offense has been on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, over 40 points scored two games in a row. And it's not, I mean, Miami and Georgia Tech are not bad teams. It, it, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's not like they were playing Virginia Tech or Virginia. Like, yeah. this is Miami and Georgia Tech you know, and they put up over 40 against both their teams. I, I, I don't think they'll put up 40 against Syracuse, but I could see them putting up at least 30. I mean, maybe 20, 30. And I don't think Syracuse is going to put up that many. I mean, they only put up nine against Pitt. And yeah, yeah it's a home game, but like, are the fans really going to want to come out now that basketball season started? No. I, I don't, I'm sorry, Syracuse. It's four in a row. I mean, it feels really bad because I loved talking about the Syracuse team. They were oh, so much fun. It was so great. And then the Clemson loss happened that they choked. And then the Notre Dame dominant win in Syri- at Syracuse, by the, you know, the way. I'm very unfortunate. And what I will say is though Notre Dame did beat them, one of the weirdest programs this season. Do not put any money near them if you are the betting type person. Because they, they go and like from losing to Marshall to beating Syracuse and Clemson in back-to-back weeks, I don't understand what's going on. 
maybe they yeah, finally I have the rings. Notre Dame. That is a good question. Yeah, I mean, maybe they finally have like a, 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 a like a grasp on this team, and maybe this is a good sign for the next season for the program. But I don't know what to make of that team, man. And then I think I think the worst loss is the loss of Pitt. Um, obviously because they're unranked, but more importantly, because Pitt had lost multiple games in a row at that point in the season, they lost three of their past four, their only win being against Virginia Tech, which, you know, sorry, you know, Pokey Nation, but it's kind of a gimme at this point. Um, but they lost to Louisville and they lost to UNC. So losing, you know, losing to Pitt after they lost three in their last four, including losing to Georgia Tech the week after they lost their head coach. Not a good sign. Um, it's just got to be FSU again. FSU's a really good team. Travis is a really good quarterback. Uh, and I think that this program is setting itself up well for the future, particularly for next season. Um, as I believe that's the season where divisions just kind of go kaput, right? So if, if that's in mind, then I do think FSU is setting it up for them. Uh, but no matter what, the Knowles program seems to finally be back. Uh, good for the Tallahassee people. But yeah, Florida State over there. Uh, and following that, we will then go into an SEC matchup. LSU, Tigers got me a big old win last week, and they're going to be coming up against Arkansas, who actually just came off the surprising upset from Liberty. All right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak a whole lot on this one because I think LSU is running away with this game. Let's look at the past few games. Arkansas loses to Liberty. And then let's look at LSU. They beat number seven, Ole Miss, and number six, Alabama. Oh. I mean, come on. LSU's winning this game. Look how good they've looked in the past two games. And their only, I mean, they lost, their only loss out of the past five games is Tennessee. Mm. They look so good. Arkansas, they've only won two out of the past five games. Give me LSU in this one. I don't think it's going to be that close. I don't know why the spread is at three and a half to LSU. Yeah, well, I know it's a home game for Arkansas, but LSU looks so good right now. They're running away with this one. I'm going to go with LSU, and there's not much to say, so I'm just going to take my time here to just quickly shout out that, though this isn't a program that I would normally rep, the program a little bit away from us here in Blacksburg, Liberty, they should be ranked. They really should. I they're agree only, with you there. They should be. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're only lost this season – is a one-point loss to Wake Forest in Winston. Like, it doesn't get much better than that from how their season has went, including beating teams that have been successful like ODU, stomping BYU. Wait, wait, is, Liberty is ranked, aren't they? I thought they did get ranked. No, they're still unranked, eight and one. I thought they were 19th. Am I nah. way off? No, you're, you're, you're off. I could have sworn they were ranked. Yeah, no, Liberty is not ranked. Uh, as you said, Washington's 25. Uh, they should be ranked. They are. Um, Kansas no, Liberty's State. ranked. They're 19. Yeah, Liberty's ranked. Uh, well, not in the CFP. I'm I'm going off CFP. Maybe in the. Oh, AP. I'm going off AP poll. Yeah, AP, okay. AP, they're 19, but I go off. Yeah, I'm AP, they're 19. Yeah, AP poll, they're yeah. ranked. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I have. That uh, makes more sense now. I get it now. That makes more sense. Yeah. No, yes, I, I have thrown the AP into a metal trash can, put some oil on it, and lit it up because I just don't care about it anymore since we're now in college football playoff season. Just personally, but no. Otherwise, valid. Like, no, that's totally valid. Yeah. So, but Liberty CFP committee got to give a little bit of respect to their name. 
let LS, you know, LSU easy win. There's, there's nothing else to say with that. And now we get into my game of the week, which is UCF taking on Tulane, two ranked teams, two really fun teams to watch. Uh, one very well-rounded, and I think one with just a dominant offense. And New Orleans is going to have some fun to cheer for in football, as the Saints have been bad. I, I do think Tulane is going to win this game. And I think the reason for that is just how strong they've looked. And I, I mean, I know it's a little cliche to say this, but like they really just look like a good team. Like shockingly, I don't think any of us, I mean, did you think Tulane was going to be ranked coming into the season? I sure didn't. No. I didn't even think about Tulane period, to be totally honest. Um, and then of course we all know UCF in terms of football and they, they've been surprisingly better than I expected too. Um, I am very excited for this game. It's not often that you get two non two ranked non power five teams playing each yeah. other. Um, so it's certainly an exciting matchup when it does occur, of course. But you know, I, I'm not going to lie; I don't know these teams that well. I'm not nearly as familiar with Tulane and UCF as other schools, so you know, I, I can't talk as much to their sure. players. You know, I mean, Tulane. They have had a good defense, and UCF's offense has been good. That's a very exciting matchup for me. But I do think Tulane's coming away with the win here. Um, it, it is a home game for Tulane, and I think that'll make somewhat of a difference. You know, I think if the game was at UCF, I'd honestly pick UCF. Harder environment to play than Tulane, but regardless, I think Tulane's just the better team right now. That's just where I'm at. I don't know these teams as well, so I can't speak to them as much, but – yeah, I'm going to go with Tulane. What I'll say is, is UCF has played a lot of their games at home this season, and the really only challenging environment they have uh, been to uh, this season, they've been to two, that being ECU, where they got blown out, uh, ECU winning by 21 points. That's true, yeah. And then they also went to Memphis, where they barely beat uh, the Tigers, and the Tigers uh, have definitely been struggling this season, to say the least. They are four and five right now. Uh not not a great look for that program. Um, that's a lot of the reason why I'm taking Tulane, but Tulane's also been a very consistently good team. That Southern Miss loss is just like how in the earlier part of the season I took the Kansas State loss. Uh, I, you know, I bring them up because they beat uh, Tulane beat Kansas State. But it, it's just like one of those random occurrence losses uh, that's just kind of like, eh, whatever, this isn't a dominant program, but you know, every program that, you know, is good, but not dominant has, will probably have a weird loss or a couple losses of good teams. I think they'll beat UCF here is close. Uh, I did not look at the all-time series for this. Uh, so maybe it is a bad idea to be swinging this way, but I am going to go with the green wave, uh, to be able to get on top in this game. Really fun matchup, and as you said, it is not too too often where you have non-power five uh, or non uh, like the, the top five conferences like group of five and whatnot uh, as ranked teams coming up against each other. It is a lot of fun. Now, a very intriguing, very intriguing Big, Big Ten matchup here as Purdue is going to be taking a little bit of a trip. I'm just double checking that to go ahead and play Illinois, a side that has been very strong this season. But unfortunately, this past week just suffered its second loss of the season against Michigan State. But is it the possibility that the uh, the uh, you know the, the luck of Drake uh, possibly pushed the Trojans over the Fighting Illini? 
All right, so here's the deal. Purdue, they do something every year where they're not ranked. They go in and play a ranked team and shock everyone with a win. Happens every year, right? And I think Purdue is going to do it again, you know? I mean, they, they do it almost every year. I just feel like I see it all the time with Purdue. Like, oh, they just beat another ranked team and then Purdue will get ranked and then they'll lose. You know, it, it's a pattern. It happens a lot with Purdue. And I think that's going to happen again. I think, you know, Purdue, they have a lot of those weird underdog wins. Like, I feel like more than other franchises. Um, I mean, they just have a lot of weird, like random wins against ranked teams. Mm. And I think this is going to be one of those games. I just think, I mean, look at what happened when Purdue played Minnesota when they were ranked. They won. Sure. And it was at Minnesota. This game's at Illinois. Not to say that Illinois is bad or anything. I mean, Illinois has been shockingly good this year. I just think Purdue is going to have one of those weird wins against a ranked team because Purdue, if as long as Purdue is not ranked, they like to beat ranked teams. Only if they're not ranked, though. It only counts if Purdue is not ranked. And hey, Purdue is not ranked right now. Illinois is ranked. You know what that means. I got Purdue with the win. I'm starting to rain on your parade a little bit here, Abby. Uh, but th- because though you're right, and I do agree with that, they already had that win. They beat Minnesota when they were 21. That is true. That is true. All the way back in October. We also needed a difference in picks this week. That is true. We did. We were very, very similar. And I will also admit, when I looked up the all-time series between UCF and Tulane, we may be on the wrong side of that matchup. Um but I'm going to go with the Fighting Illini here. Uh, this is just a really strong team. Uh, and the last week was literally just the luck of Drake. That's it. There, there's a crazy stat that I think every – the week after Drake drops an album, Michigan State's undefeated against anyone. Yes, I've seen that stat too. I, I saw it. I It's weird. I don't like it. Drake is just a blessing to Illinois apparently. Um, and let's like just uh, Ben Roethlisberger after Spider-Man movies. <laughs> it's, it's I don't even remember that. I, I, you know, I need to look up some more of those stats because I enjoy them. I think they're very fun stats to look at. Oh, I think um, they're hilarious. And somehow they stay true. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Illini and probably one of the higher rated running backs coming into this draft class, Trace Brown. Um, from London, Ontario, I do believe. Uh, just really, really solid uh, team here, the Fighting Illini. I don't think that they're going to lose back-to-back. In the last game, talk about here in college football. Before we move on to the pros, Virginia Tech taking a trip uh, to play Duke in Rome. Sorry, Hokie Nation. Uh, Tech is not winning this game. Tech. I don't care what happens in the first three quarters of any football game that Tech plays in because it's not going to matter because they fall apart in the fourth quarter. I also want to point out that Duke has like one of the best offensive lines in the country. And like that matches up well against one of Tech's strong spots on defense. So if we look at one of Virginia Tech's strong points, if I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this, but you know what I'm trying to get at. You know, if we look at one of Virginia Tech's like neutralizes and it's and it, it's neutralized, how is yeah. that going to work out for Tech? It's not. And this is this isn't a home game. This is a home game for Duke. This this you know Tech's not playing at home in a very. I mean, Lane Stadium is a very threatening environment. There's no doubting that. 
you know, even when they are bad, at least for the first quarter, it's threatening. But yeah, Tech is, they're just a terrible football team. They, and they can't pull it together in the fourth quarter. You know, maybe this game will be close through three quarters, but they'll lose it in the fourth. I was genuinely just reminded of this. You remember one of the things we said at the beginning of this season, Abby, uh, when we were, I believe, previewing this Virginia Tech team? What did we say? We we had... I know we had a lot more wins, that's for sure. We, we had a lot more wins. I don't know if it was like a bet or something, but it was definitely something that we put stakes on. Or just was it, was it how they performed against Kansas and West Virginia versus how Duke did? Was that it? Ding, ding, ding. It was that Kansas played West Virginia and Duke. Virginia Tech also played those teams. Well, Duke performed which, better. And which team would perform better against those two teams, Kansas or Virginia Tech? I don't, I don't even need to know. I just know. I, I don't need to know the scores. I just know Duke performed better. I just know. I don't even, I don't even need to see the scores. I just know that Duke did. Kansas is just better than Virginia Tech. I mean, I don't, I don't oh, think that's... There's no doubting that anymore. We know I mean, that. No, I, I mean, I, yes. I know there's no doubting it now, Abby. But I mean, back now. at the beginning, we had no clue. We had no idea. And it just looks bad now. It just looks... Oh, oh, I don't like it. Um Duke has been a very solid team this season, surprisingly enough, in the first year of a new head coach. Granted, they had a lot of veterans to stay back, uh, you know, not really transfer and see how this season worked out. Um, but Virginia Tech, uh, Blacksburg fans, this is going to be an ugly reminder of what happened a month ago. We are going to probably be blown out in these next two games before the last game of the season against Virginia. Um, the next two games do not favor Virginia Tech at all. We were blown out by Duke a couple of years ago, I believe, at Lane. I think I was there for that. Um, we're, 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 the Hokies are getting blown out. Absolutely no question. So that's a bit of a Sour end to uh, go on the college football note. Let's go ahead and take a quick look here into the other side. And we have another difference. Look at that. Uh, and we'll start off here with a little bit of, uh, I, I want to make sure, I believe this is the Deutschland game. I'm going to yes, look. It is in Munich. That is correct. It is the Deutschland. Hey, the Deutschland game. Oh, I'm happy about that. Uh, I was a little scared. For NFL second. Germany was... game. Very exciting. Yeah, I was a little scared for a second because I thought it was somehow in London down, but no, 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 no. We are in Munich. Very exciting. Just about World Cup time. I'm eager. Yes, very excited. exciting. Yeah, I've been we've been talking about it a lot here on the podcast. However, that's not what matters right now. What matters is the other American football that's going to be taking place in Munich as Seattle is going to be playing Tampa Bay, who are the quote-unquote hosts of this matchup. Yeah, I had initially put Tampa in the picks, and I don't honestly know why, because, like, I, I literally just think I had, like, a little weird moment, because I've, like, been saying that the Seahawks are going to win this game for a while, but regardless, I just, it's hard for me to pick the Buccaneers in this game, simply because the Buccaneers have been on such a downward trend recently, like, I mean, they just look bad, like, sorry. 
they might be winning their division right now, but I don't think that's going to be the case at the end of this week because I think the Falcons are going to beat the Panthers and I think they are going to lose to the Seahawks. Hence, Falcons would then be winning the NFC South. Whoever's going to win at the end of the year, I don't know. I just know that they're going to be a first round playoff exit, uh, whoever ends up winning that because, you know, they're going to be the fourth seed. They're going to lose. But hey, let's let's get back to the present. Let's get back to this weekend's game. And I mean, Geno Smith, they're the third seed in the NFC right now. I sure didn't expect that. You know, Seattle looked good last week against Arizona. I mean, towards the end of the game. And the Rams just have looked bad. I don't think that's a very, you know, convincing win for the Buccaneers. And they only won by three. Sure, Brady was better at one point in the game, but I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh 20 to 18. They lost to Carolina 21 to three. And they lose to Baltimore. I mean, I mean, Baltimore is better than the other teams, but I mean, they still lose versus, I mean, Seattle beat the Giants. They beat the Chargers. They beat Arizona twice. Like their wins have been against better teams than the Bucks wins and have been more impressive. I mean, I just, I don't want to pick against the Seahawks here. I, I really do think they're going to come out and beat Tampa Bay. Now I know Brady does historically, like the record favors him in Europe. Um, he does play uh, well out of the country. So that is, uh, you know, something that I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you maybe are going to bring up, but Gino, I mean, wouldn't it be funny if Gino Smith takes down Tom Brady this year? Did any of us expect that to happen? I don't think so. It would be funny. And here's the thing. I, I'm not even worried about the Tom Brady Europe thing. Um, but it, it just feels like that this is a game that it's going to go Buccaneers. And now why I say that is, first of all, when games go to Europe, it seems like the underdog for some odd reason either tends to play really well and get the win or it's just a blowout game and it's boring. And but who so, really is the underdog here is the question. I mean, Tampa, I, I mean, it's by like by record right now, like, yes, Tampa is the underdog. But historically, when is Tom Brady really an underdog? I do think that's an interesting narrative about this game is like you could really argue that either team is the underdog, depending on how you want to look at it. Sure. But what I'll, what I'll say is this. ESPN on their matchup predictor has this as an 83% favor for the Buccaneers. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Con- that it really confuses me as to why. But I'll say part of the reason why I am picking them. Seattle has been shining a lot this season because of Geno Smith, absolutely. And I think that the receiving and passing game will ultimately go really well for the Seahawks. However, it's really been the run game. And it's really been on the legs of Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has been incredible this season. And what is the one aspect of this Buccaneers team that has actually stayed true but they have a good run defense. That's the one thing that you can't take away from this Buccaneers side. You know, it, 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 like you can take away anything else, but you can't take away that Tampa Bay has a good run. And with that in mind, and I, you know, actually I, I gave a little bit too glowing remarks to the passing game for Seattle. I think it'll be like good, but I don't know if it'll be anything incredible. Um, Ultimately, I think that if Kenneth Walker is cut down, uh, you know, from the touches and yards that he'll normally get, it's just really going to skew the Seattle team. Whereas for Tampa Bay, I think that they can move the ball on them. I think uh, Mike Evans could possibly be able to have a good matchup against the uh, really good rookie in Tariq Woolen. Um, 
partly concerned with this pick because there are some injuries coming in this game, like Mike Evans and Russell Gage, a couple of receivers are a little bit banged up. Um, so they're currently questionable, but I'm still going to put Tampa on top and Tom on top. I, it, it just feels like one of those games where you, you expect Seattle to win because they've been the better team, but it's just going to go to Tampa because that's life. So I'm kind of snuffing out my own joy in this game, but taking ourselves back here to the States for the last five games, Vikings against the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen a little bit banged up in a very surprising loss last week against the Jets. Uh, are the Bills going to be able to bounce back at home against Minnesota? If Josh Allen was 100, even like 90% healthy, I'd say uh, the Bills would win this game. I'm going with the Vikings solely because of the uncertainty right now around Josh Allen. You know, we are recording this on Thursday, November 10th. Had we recorded this Sunday morning, who knows what my response would be, right? But we're not recording this Sunday morning. We're recording this Thursday night where Josh Allen did not practice today. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how it seems like Josh Allen is going to play, but it's going to be limited. And like, this is not the game to have Josh Allen be limited in. You know, the Vikings are a very strong team, and I think they're going to attack some of Buffalo's weak spots. And no, I, it is interesting, though. I mean, Buffalo's backup quarterback is Case Keenum. And who knows Case Keenum better than the Minnesota Vikings? Like, they're going to know how to shut him down, you know, if he does play, if he does play, which I, I, we may see him a bit, but we don't know. But, I, you know, I think this Vikings team's a really good team, and I think they absolutely can beat a healthy Buffalo. I don't think they would beat a healthy Buffalo, but they could. But this isn't a healthy Buffalo, and for that reason, I'm going with Minnesota. I am surprisingly enough also going with Minnesota in this matchup. Um, and it is actually based off the health, specifically because uh, big shout out Field Yates, uh, as he tweeted this out, or actually either he tweeted it out or he talked about it on uh, his, the fantasy football show on ESPN. Um, four of the Vikings' seven wins this season have come against backup quarterbacks. So this is a team that's been solid this year. But it's a team that has also, um, you know, not been getting like, you know, very dominant wins, almost like a faux good team. I like the Vikings. I think they'll come out on top. I think their uh, offense is going to be good enough to be able to make dents into that Buffalo defense. And it's just the question of how good is Josh Allen going to be to go this weekend? Uh, I think they'll put him out there, but I think either on a limited capacity or if they actually have to extend his capacity of what they want him to throw, it's not going to be great. And they have not got the running back uh, into that team to be able to confidently try to establish a run game against the Vikings. So give me the Vikings. We'll take another trip to the NFC North as we're actually talking about every NFC North team this week. So let's talk about two more Lions and Bears. Oh, my Let's go ahead and see who wins this matchup between two teams that may be fighting now to see who's going to be a top five. All right, here's the deal. Yeah, the Lions have looked better, but they're they're like two wins, right? Two wins only, and neither so were impressive. Uh, Justin Fields, wow, did he have a game last week? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I know the Bears lost to Miami this week, but wow, like. They just beat New England, who isn't great, but they're not bad. But, I mean, they almost beat Miami. They almost beat Miami with Tua. 
I mean, I got to pick the Bears here. They looked so good. They look they looked great in the past two weeks. I mean, it's like like somebody just went into the Bears and like secretly replaced every player or something. Like th- this looks like a whole new team. I'm going with the Bears here. I haven't seen enough of the Bears to say that it's a whole new team, but what I have seen is Justin Fields has really become a playmaker as the season has gone on. Uh, I believe he is the uh, highest scoring player in fantasy football. Another shout out for fantasy over the past four weeks, including a 45 point outing last week against Minnesota. I really wanted it. I mean, that absolutely sounds correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to get him off waivers and unfortunately I did not. Because uh, I'm a little bit concerned for Justin Herbert this week on my money league team, but I digress. Uh, I think the Bears win this. I really this is like last week for me, right? I really wanted to go with the Lions, but ultimately, two teams with not so great defenses, two teams with really solid offenses. I, I think I've been cursing it, but I'm gonna say it. This should be a high-scoring matchup. It should be a lot of fun in Chicago. I think Chicago is going to be able to pull it out um, as Detroit has, uh, I I think, to the battle of the offenses, they're a little bit restricted as they trade away Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift is still banged up uh, from the injuries that he got earlier in the year. So give me the Bears as we move on to the last NFC North game, one that honestly not going to take me long, Cowboys versus Packers. Um, the Packers have lost so many games. Like, five. what's going on? Five, yeah, five games straight. I mean, when was nope. the last time that happened? I don't know. But the Cowboys, they sure haven't lost five games straight. Mm-hmm. They beat Chicago. They killed Detroit. Green Bay couldn't do that. Dallas's only loss out of their last five games is to an undefeated team. And then, of course, they lost their very first game of the season against Tampa Bay. Yeah, give me the Cowboys over Green Bay. I don't think it's even going to be close. I, I I wanted to really factor in Lambeau into this game, but the issue is, is I would have only been able to factor it in if Green Bay got the win last week against Detroit, and they didn't because this is a horribly run team. Uh, I don't care if they had injuries. Lafleur has been horrible. There's got to be questions about the coaching staff in Green Bay if there have been questions about other coaching staffs. I digress, though. Cowboys is probably the best defense the Packers have played this season. Uh, oh, no, no, no. They played the Jets, so second best. Um, but then the Cowboys definitely have an incredible offense as well. Definitely the most well-rounded team they played this season. Uh, side of Buffalo. I'm forgetting things. But Cowboys are going to kill Packers. In it's not even going to be fun. Because uh, even if their best offensive weapon, Aaron Jones, is available, He'd be in a limited capacity because he's injured with a possible high spring. All day, Dallas Cowboys. A bit of a Cali matchup here, a bit of a fun one, or at least would be if there wasn't as many injuries for the Chargers as they're going to be taking a trip against the uh, well and freshly rested 49ers. I am definitely not saying exactly who I'm going with in this game. I think the 49ers are going to win here. Um, yeah, they, they've looked okay in the past few weeks, but they got CMC. They've looked better. They beat the Rams by a lot. They're coming off a bye week. I mean, yeah, the Chargers beat the Falcons, but it wasn't by very much. And you look at their wins. So they've won four of the last five games, right? Their mm-hmm. loss being to the Seahawks. You know what their wins have been against 
Atlanta, which is a little impressive. That's their most impressive win. Yeah. Denver, Cleveland, and Houston. There is nothing impressive about beating yeah. Denver, Cleveland, and Houston. Yeah. They might be five and three, but they've had a way easier record than the 49ers. I think the 49ers are winning this game. I think they're more talented and they're coming off the bye week and it's a home game. Well, I, I think the good thing for the Chargers is they've kind of needed that weaker schedule because they've had so many injuries. Rayshon Slater, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, even Justin Herbert, who I believe is still playing on broken ribs, um, uh, JC Jackson, it, the list goes on. Um, and with that in mind, I have to go with the Niners because Keenan Allen is still not expected to play. Mike Williams is still in a week-to-week. We are expecting him to miss four, which means that Justin Herbert's left with Josh Palmer, who's his receiver three going into this year, I believe, ahead of Jalen Guyton. And his receiver, it would have been uh, five going into the season, DeAndre Carter, as his top options outside of Gerald Everett. It's a horrible situation for the Chargers. They have injuries galore, whereas the 49ers have just been able to, you know, in, enjoy a week off. And uh, also the addition of Christian McCaffrey, who had an incredible game for them in their last outing. Uh, this is all San Francisco. I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Um, I have to run because I got to catch a bus. Um, yeah. I'm going to give my pick for the last game, quick explanation, and then I'll let you um, finish up. All so good. sorry, guys. I do have to run. Um, I picked the Eagles over the Commanders because the Eagles, I think, are one of the best teams in football. Jalen Hurts looks incredible. A.J. Brown looks incredible. Their defense has been looking really good so far. And the Commanders, honestly, have just looked really bad. And they've got some drama going in in their organization. Drama's mm-hmm. never good for a team. Give me the Eagles in a primetime Monday night game. Um, thanks, y'all. I'm going to head out. See you guys. Yeah, great points. Go and uh, enjoy, your, uh, enjoy the bus ride and enjoy yourself. So with, with that in mind, uh, you know, just as I was saying on the Niners end, uh, for McCaffrey, ultimately, uh, you know, he's just been really good uh, for this team. He's been an excellent addition, exactly what Shanahan needed. So I'm going to go ahead and go here with the Niners. Uh, and in the last matchup, Eagles commanders, Abby went with Eagles. I am also going there. I mean, she made a lot of great points and ultimately – there's not much to add on to that Monday night matchup outside of the fact of Philly absolutely owned uh, FedEx field when they played them already and they won in a comfortable fashion. And though they're against Taylor Heineke now, a uh, different quarterback because they played them against Carson Wentz when uh, it was back gosh, week three, week four. Um, but ultimately uh, for Washington, there's a lot going on. There's legal issues. Um, Snyder's finally trying to sell the team. Uh, a horrible uh, statement was released yesterday that uh, really had a negative, uh, you know, just like a, a not appropriate connotation on the Brian Robinson shooting earlier this season. Um, and I could see Brian Robinson possibly sitting out this game because it was massively disrespectful what the organization did to them or did to him. And yeah, I mean, Eagles are just, by and large, a better team. And there's so much trash going on in Washington that this is not going to happen for the commanders. They're not going to uh, bounce back from the Minnesota game. This is going to be a trouncing. Philadelphia is probably just going to kind of be able to kick their legs up and enjoy an absolute beating uh, on the commanders. 
But that being said, of course, from Abby and I to you, uh, another great episode, a lot of things to enjoy here. A good week. Uh, I think we're going to have even better weeks as we're coming close to a close on the college football season. Um, we definitely have a really exciting week next week. I will tell you that. Um, but ultimately, uh, really, really fun. There's a possibility I can tie it up this week. So uh, I'll, I, I guess I'm just going to say go Buccaneers and go fighting Illini. Not teams I would have been expecting to root for, but here we are. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you really enjoyed this episode here of the 3304 Sports Podcast. Pick them episode the 10th one. Abby with the two-game lead. Got some more coming y'all's way. We'll have that Duke preview out soon. Uh, we'll be talking some World Cup soccer here uh, tomorrow with Ishan Lamba. Uh, we are also going to be uh, continuing things as well on the end of, uh, you know, may, may bring up some of the topics from football uh, and try to see uh, who we can get for that, but we will see what can happen on that end. Um, but yeah, we're getting into a really hot time here in sports and I'm excited to continue talking about it with y'all. So hope y'all have enjoyed this episode and we'll have a great rest of your days and please do take care. And if you, if you know, Whenever the next episodes are released, I hope you all have a safe weekend that is coming up. We are nearing Thanksgiving. We are nearing the World Cup. And I hope you all are going to be as excited as I am. Take care.